Welcome back to the channel, guys. Tavares here. Um, so, if you guys hear the garbage truck in the background, I'm sorry. It's the only time I got a chance to record. And it seems like every time I wait, I don't know if this guy's taking laps around the block. I don't know what's going on. But welcome back to the channel. If you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell, comment, all those things. If you're on Apple Podcasts and this podcast has been helping you, it's been encouraging you, challenging you, all those things, please be willing to give a five-star review. Um, there's always going to be people that leave bad reviews, and I don't want those to be the ones at the top. So please be sure to write however it may be blessing you on your regular um, your podcast app. Share with a friend, all those things. So today I want to talk about a, a, something that I think... I think it's kind of tricky, um, you know, because to each their own. I'm not trying to tell you what you have to do or what God is saying you must do, but I want to show you, according to Scripture, a reason why I don't believe it's wise to be dating across denominations. So when we first started a podcast a couple years ago, I remember, I'm pretty sure I did an episode talking about different spiritual maturity levels. Um, I'll make a YouTube video because I don't think YouTube ever, um, I, I addressed it on YouTube, only on our podcast, but I think when somebody's at a different spiritual maturity level, that's completely different from the fact of someone, you know, when you're dealing with somebody who, who really just believes differently than you. And I think it's, it's a bit of a tricky subject. Um, and I don't say this to sound controversial. You know, it's just it's just facts. But all Christians aren't abiding by the same Bible. And I don't mean translation and I don't mean somebody has the, the Mormon Bible or the Jehovah Witness Bible. I'm not saying it like that. I mean, people can have their regular Bible in their hand. I was reaching to see if my Bible was there, but I have stuff on top of it. I don't want to make um, any noise on a bookshelf. But it's possible that somebody could be reading the same exact Bible as you, and they are not reading this, and they're not getting the same revelation as you. And it's not a matter of this person doesn't um, doesn't love God or isn't trying to know about God. But a lot of times, some of the denominations, some of the teachings that these places give, honestly, are false. Um, John 1, 1, you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then it goes on to about verse 14 and it tells us that, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we see that Jesus was the word God becoming flesh. Jesus is God in flesh. And somebody's going to read that and they're like, Jesus isn't God. Nah, second person in the Trinity. Jesus isn't God. No, he's, he's the word. Jesus isn't God. And, and then they try to get into these debates and it's like, Hey, well, I'm not trying to argue what I believe with you. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying I can grab 10 people that consider themselves Christians and then they'll read John 1, 1 and everyone gets a different interpretation. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. One person looks at it like this is um, the person that's guiding me. Jesus is guiding me. Another person is going to look at it as though Jesus is there to bless me. You know what I mean? And it's like we can all interpret so many verses so many different ways. You know, so I do want us to start off there with making making it clear. All people aren't abiding by the same Bible. You know, and I used to be under the persuasion and honestly it's kind of foolish, you know. You know, maybe maybe I'm just, you know, a little naive in that regard, but I used to honestly believe that as long as they called themselves Christian that it was okay because in my head we all love the same Jesus, right? We all want to follow him. We all want to serve him. But that doesn't mean we always come at it the same way. And I believe that a lot of people, they address a lot of important biblical things the wrong way. You know, some people, we know what the Bible says and we aim to live by it. Some people, we know what the Bible says and we don't listen to it. Some people, they don't study the word of God. They only listen to their pastor. 
So it, it goes into a lot of issues um, on why I think it's dangerous when you're not with somebody that believes the same thing as you. And bear in mind, this video is not to say what denomination is right. There, there are no denominations in the Bible. Let's be clear. I have not found one denomination in the Bible. The only doctrines I've seen in the Bible were the Apostles' Doctrine, where they talk about they stood steadfast in Apostles' Doctrine in Acts chapter 2, I believe that's verse 40. And then the only other doctrine, I believe, is like Paul addressing them, saying the doctrine of devils, you know what I mean, or a doctrine of Balaam, you know. So it's not like it's we, we, we read about denominations in the Bible, you know. It's not God is not creating different sects and different S-E-C-T-S. And he's not creating different labels. And hey, you guys are going to be my Methodist group. I want my Catholic group right there. I want my Pentecostal group right there. Baptist, come on up right here. That's I don't I don't think that's how God is segregating heaven. You know, so I don't think I don't think there is a, a Pentecostal heaven and a Trinitarian heaven and a oneness heaven and a and a Lutheran heaven. I think there's going to be one heaven. Uh, it's going to surprise us some of the people that will be in heaven. It's going to be it's going to surprise us some of the people that won't make it because they assume they were right when in reality they may have been wrong. Um, you know, so I just want to start this video off. You know, so please don't think if you don't view things the way Tavares views it. Or you do view the, th the things the way I do it that, you know, we're on the same side or we're against each other. Listen, that's not a point of this video. But I just want to make it clear because I have a lot of you who message us all the time in regards to, hey, I'm this. Can I date that? Hey, I'm a XYZ. Can I date somebody who's of... And it's like, so I just want to talk about that because I know a lot of us... Um, are, are worried about labels rather than what God views on the relationship, you know. So I want us to understand that we should be worried about fruit, not just their church attendance. Because a lot of times we date somebody because we know they go to church. We date somebody because we know, oh, well, he's in church and she goes to church. You're not really sure what they believe, but yeah, they go to church. I literally had a friend of mine, still cool to this day. They listen to the podcast. They support the podcast, but they know we disagree on something. Um, but they were talking about, uh, man, I wish I really, I, I knew the name of the theology. I did research on it and all, but they said Adam and Eve never ate a fruit. What they did was, is they were like, it's, you know, cause the Bible's poetry, literature. You have to think deeply It's spiritual revelations. They were saying it wasn't, it wasn't that it was that Eve slept with the serpent. Now, if you're another person, oh, it was called the serpent seed doctrine, meaning Cain is not Adam's son, but is of the son of the devil. If you believe that, watching this video, please don't start hitting the dislike button or start leaving negative reviews. My goal is not to talk about my friend who believes that or to attack anyone who does. But my thing is, I don't see that supported by scripture. I feel like that's me interpreting the scripture with my mindset. Now, everything I know about this girl other than that, godly person, you know, modest person, loves God, loves people. But we disagree on that, right? Many of you can say, well, that's no big deal. Many of you can say that is a big deal to each your own. I'll leave that to y'all in the comments. Um, is that is the serpent seed doctrine something you've heard of? Is it something you believe in? Is it something you think is wrong? I'll definitely love to see your feedback in the comment section. So let me know your thoughts on that. But I want you guys to understand that there's a lot of people who, if she never told me that she believed that, I would have never known. And there are a lot of things that people don't, people don't view eye to eye with you on and you won't realize it until you're at their church. And that's pretty alarming. But I'll dive into that later. So the first verse I want to give you guys is this. And this is the reason why I will never think it is okay to date across denominations. Not because those people aren't sanctified if they aren't in my church. Not because God isn't working on them if they're not in my church or my beliefs. That has nothing to do with it. This verse, Amos chapter 3 and 3. 
I'm going to read it in the NLT. It says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? You see that? Can they walk together without agreeing on the direction? Um, my wife just pulled it in the garage. If you guys hear that, it is what it is. Um, but can two people go into God's will if they're both walking in separate directions? Is it possible for Tavares and Safa to love God, view him two different ways, and walk in the same direction? I don't think it's possible. I believe that at some point, it's going to be easy. You know, that little honeymoon stage where you guys are trying to impress one another. But there's going to come something in the doctrine that's going to lead to a downfall. Something in doctrine that's going to lead to um, one of you guys, it being some type of tension in the relationship. You know, so don't think I'm saying, hey, choose my doctrine. Choose her doctrine. Choose their... I'm not saying that, but I want you to understand if you choose to go with someone, like the Bible mentions not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers, right? Um, but say you're 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 with a believer, I believe you can still be unequally yoked because some believers aren't even saved. Um, I'll just add a positive again because um, of some noise in the background, but not even sure where I was because of some noise in the background. All right, well, whatever. But say you're in two different... Um, denominations and you're you're trying to go by what they believe i believe eventually at some point it's going to cause some type of friction in the relationship and a lot of people they won't admit it or a lot of people they're going to overlook it but in my honest opinion i think it can lead to a huge downfall in the type of relationship you're in so now before we go forward in this i'm gonna give a quick shout out to today's sponsor in the podcast um so we can just dive straight head on into these different denominations and the downfalls that come along with it so this podcast is sponsored by better help online therapy now, I know a lot of Christians don't believe in therapy. You know, all they believe is we need to pray more, we need to fast more. And while I believe that God heals any situation, emotional, physical, mental, psychological, I do believe that therapy is also a way that God uses to bring healing. A lot of people have some deep-rooted issues that they try to dance and shout around. It doesn't always work. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Godly Dating 101 podcast listeners will get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Godly. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Godly. So yes. Now back to this episode, I want you guys to see a couple of the things. And bear in mind, there are so much more issues. If you have ever been in a relationship with somebody of a different denomination, I want you guys um, to comment below and let me know your thoughts on that situation. So number one, I believe that I want to make it clear that there are huge differences between truth and tradition. Um, there's a lot of things, even in my church, you know, even in what I believe, I believe that there are a lot of things, whereas we may go by it, but it's not because it's biblical, but it's just a tradition. You know, um, I think a lot of people we have to we can rule people out because of traditions that we have and we hold on to the tradition. If they're not going by what my tradition says they were supposed to go by, then that means they're not God's will. Um, perfect example. There's some people my pastor used to say when I was growing up. He grew up in a church where they weren't allowed to wear red, you know, whatever reason that was seen as a sinful color. A lot of you may have heard the term that red is seductive on a woman before. Um, so you probably get why they probably had that impression, Jezebel spirit. I don't know. But the thing is, 
if you were red, you were seen as a sinner in his time. Like when he was, you know, growing up in church and probably 80s or whatever, you know, he said his church would view them people as though they were lukewarm, as though they were a problem. But he was like, as he, you know, started using critical thinking, you know, as you look at the scripture, there's nothing about that that appears to show that you're sinful. I don't know if they're trying to use the Rahab story with the scarlet, you know, cord, but the issue is a lot of times our churches, we hold on to things and we say that church is false. Why? Oh, because they don't look like us. Well, are they, are they abiding by the Bible? You know, they don't have your denominational title. Maybe they're not denominational. Maybe they're, they call themselves charismatic, Lutheran, apostolic, um, Trinitarian, Baptist. I don't know what, whatever are all the denominations out there. If I don't care what they consider themselves, as long as what they're teaching is what the scriptures have said and not them perverting verses and trying to grab the verses that fit their fit their agenda and ignoring the ones that don't. You know, so that's the only thing that I consider, you know, like I look at things like the Lord's Supper. Obviously, this is a biblical thing. If your church is opposed to Lord's Supper, then you're probably in a false church. Um, I firmly believe that God says do this in remembrance of him. You know, there, but there are some churches that do it very often, some every single month, some, I think, every Sunday night service. I think I heard of that before. And there's some that don't do it often, you know, maybe once a year, twice a year. Some people even do it at their weddings, you know, show a sign of service and how much you're going to sacrifice and love this person. But no Bible verse tells us how often we should do it, right? But there are some people that will look at those who who does it rarely as though they backslidden, as though they're lukewarm, as though they're this and though they're that. And it's like, that's not truth, though. That's tradition. Your tradition has taught you, oh, I should do this this amount of time for me to look safe. And I don't think God is offended by that at all. But, you know, there are some Christians that will argue with you day and night. And by me saying this, somebody may comment below and say, oh, you're supposed to do it often and and try to twist some verse that no verse genuinely tells you do this every single X, Y, Z. You know, so we have to ensure that we aren't ruling people out, you know, based off the traditions they may have. But you're ruling people out because of because because you're looking at the truth and they're not abiding by truth. It should be truth that is our is our guide. Like I think about somebody like Paul in um in um, Acts 15. I have it right here. Acts 15, 36 through 39. It mentions that they wanted to bring uh, Mark alongside Paul and Paul is upset with Mark. And he's saying, nah, don't bring Mark to me. He left me when we were trying to do the work of God. And then Paul is saying, well, you know, obviously this guy's a, you know, whatever backslider, whatever Paul is looking at him like. But then in second Timothy four eleven it says only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come for he will help be helpful for me in my ministry. So the same man you said, stay away from me. I don't want to do anything with this guy. Later on, he said, bring him to me because he's going to be helpful in my ministry. So there's a lot of people, in my opinion, that we look down on other Christians that think differently than us. We push away other Christians that took a different route than us. A perfect example, when he said Paul uh, Martin left him while doing ministry, we look down on people that may have left our church, right? And we think that they're no longer in truth because they're not in our church. That's not biblical. We think that they're no longer loving God because they don't worship the way we want them to or where we want them to. If they're doing the work of God, they don't have to do it with you. I'm just saying, I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers, but I want you to understand God is bigger than your church. He's bigger than your denomination. I'm rooted in what I believe, but I do understand God is bigger than what I believe. So I'm not going to tell God who's going to be in heaven. If anybody's telling you only these people are going to be in heaven, they're wrong. 
them and God are not that close. They may not even make it. Only pe- the people that are telling you, if you if you do this, you're going to go to hell. Listen, if the scriptures are not saying that, your opinions are are irrelevant. No one cares for your opinion. I don't care if it's coming from me, my pastor, your pastor, anyone. Anyone who's trying to place people in heaven and out of heaven, listen, God didn't give you that authority. You know what I mean? So please understand that it's not up to us to determine, well, you have to be in my church for you to be saved. Because there's a lot of people, all Baptists don't even think alike. And some of them may look down on others. All apostolics don't even think alike. And they look down on others. All non-denominational don't think alike. They look down on others. Stop trying to be God. Allow him to be God and you just be a Christian. How about we stick with that, right? How about you just serve God? And do what Paul said in Philippians and says, work out your own salvation. Don't work out mine. Don't work out your neighbor. Don't work out the churches down the road. If you focus on winning souls, I, I was telling, uh, I think I, I think that's what I appreciate at my church once. And I was saying, our problem is we're, we're, we're competing with the false doctrine. Whereas if we're not soul winning, if we're not out there winning souls, imagine the, the false church, the people that are going to hell because they're in a false church. Stop focusing on those those you know, lukewarm pastors and pastors that don't preach a full truth. And you go out there and win these souls because if you don't, they will be one to false doctrine. That's, that has to be our focus. Um, the second thing I want us to understand about dating somebody, you know, that may have a different denomination is that genuinely some things are not deal breakers. There are some things that I don't agree with. That doesn't make it a deal breaker. I, I don't I don't get this 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 spirit that's so quick to cut people off in today's generation. You know, and I think some of y'all will dump somebody over the stupidest reasons. Like there are literal YouTube videos. And if you're a person who believes like that, be be willing to, to comment be, um you know below with verses that I can study as proof and not send me links to other YouTube videos that just rant about a subject that they don't agree with. But there I heard of people who said women should not wear heels because it's a Jezebel spirit. And I'm just like, what does that even mean? Because I don't see anyone wearing heels in scripture, right? So I'm just like, when did God reveal to you that if a woman wore heels, she's a Jezebel? When did God reveal to you that if a woman is not in flats and she's not in the, you know, the, the missionary 12s that all the, 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 the saints used to wear in the 70s, when did God reveal to you that the woman is automatically lustful, perverted, evil, manipulative, all these things, just because she was in some six inch heels or three inch heels, whatever. It's like, y'all are, y'all are willing to dump somebody because she in heels. And if you may be listening to me right now thinking, nah, Tavares, you talking, you talking crazy. No, I, I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you about people that believe like this. You know, so it's just like, some of these things are not deal breakers. It's, and if you don't like her in those type of shoes, maybe you can tell her before you guys start dating. And she's like, oh, well, I'm willing to give it up. You know what I mean? Everything else in our relationship is great. Then, hey, then you just you just got a relationship to work out. But to rule someone out because of that, to me, that's complete and utter nonsense. I think I think people got to stop believing foolishness, everything they see on the Internet. Um, but another thing to me that I would say a different denomination is the political... Um, their political view isn't a deal breaker for me, right? And the reason why I bring that up is because I've been in churches where they push their political preference. I told my dad I was at a church in Virginia, and if you're from that church, I genuinely don't care to mince words because it wasn't godly, in my opinion, what the pastor was doing at the time. I'm not saying he wasn't a good pastor. Everyone speaks highly of him, but what he was doing at the time was pretty bad. Um, so it was, 
I was there, um, do, 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 do. that was my first duty station. So I was stationed there between 2014 and 2016, which means it was getting ready to be time for the election. Um, and there would be times where you can tell the, the pastors like a hardcore Trump supporter, like I'll work at the White House right now for free if you allow me. He'd say things like crooked Hillary from the pulpit, you know, and he'd, you know, push, hey, vote your convictions and then go around and tell you what to be convicted by. You know, and it's just like, hey, I'm not opposed to Trump. You know, cool dude. You know what I mean? I low key wish we could have had him instead of these gas prices. I'm just saying, you know, but my thing is, I don't care what anyone chooses to vote for. That's not going to stop me from if my pastor doesn't vote for the same person as I want to vote for, that doesn't mean he's not going to be a good pastor. If the person I date is not going to vote for the person I want to vote for, it doesn't mean they're not going to be a good spouse. But the issue for me is it becomes a deal breaker when you guys are people that worship a political party. When your church, I told my dad, man, this church feel like a Trump rally. And I remember my dad came from Florida. He visited with Safa, you know, up in Virginia, the first time Safa went in Virginia. And bro, what, what are we talking about Trump for? You're in 1 Corinthians. Why is Trump in your message? He has nothing to do with the Bible. The guy literally said 2 Corinthians. Like he don't read Corinthians that often, bro, because no one addresses it that way. But the thing is, we're so determined to worship our political party and push our agenda. So for you people who are all the people on the left are going to hell, and for you people who are all the people on the right are hypocrites and they're going to hell... Don't date somebody who, who who's on the other side of the spectrum because you guys are worshiping politics and you're not worshiping Jesus Christ. Your God is not the Bible. Your God is in the White House. I'm sorry. I probably just upset some people, but you need to learn that God doesn't hate anybody on either side. Both sides are full of it. One side you're claiming is pushing the alphabet agenda and and. And harming unborn babies and the other side is pushing a whole lot of perversion, stealing, taking advantage of people, all those things. So we're not going to sit here and pretend any side is good. But I'm, I'm saying these things not because I'm, I'm trying to upset people on YouTube, but I want you guys to understand there's some people that there's some things I don't believe that that's a deal breaker. My parents voted differently to, for many years and they didn't even know it. You know what I'm saying? If you love that person, stuff like that shouldn't shouldn't bother you. You know, so please don't think that because somebody is in, a, is in another church that you know, they, those, that automatically makes it a deal breaker. Figure out what it is that they believe differently. Because I know some people that are opposed to facial hair are men. And it's like, uh, do you think it, he's no longer godly because, um, his beard connects because all you f hairless men are supposed to be holy or something. It's like, it's nonsense like that. Whereas people, people invent their own deal breakers, you know? And I, I remember speaking to a young lady, um, once, and I knew I knew she was saved, but we had different views on things. And I remember she asked me, hey, does your church have standards? Um, and I was like, what? I felt disrespected because I'm like, what are, what are you talking about? What do, you, what do you mean if my church has standards? And then she was like, you know, like ladies cutting their hair and stuff like that. <laughs> I said, girl, get out of my inbox. I stopped. <laughs> I stopped talking to her. You asked me if my church got standards because you think the standard is just don't cut your hair and you're automatically holy. Okay, well, what we're not going to do is invent our own view of 1 Corinthians, uh, twist that around to tell us who's holy and who's not. You know what I mean? And bear in mind, I'm, I, I don't like women cutting their hair. You know, I, I love long hair. And I don't mean it has to touch your ankles. I mean uncut hair. When I did my own research on that, I believe that that verse is telling women, you know, to grow their hair. And I understand some women, they cut it because the split ends helps it grow longer. That's a story for another day. I'm not a woman. I try to leave y'all issues alone. But... My thing is, I don't view certain things as a deal breaker. 
You know what I mean? So is it, is it doctrine or is it just my preference? You know, something I did find as a deal breaker is baptism. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just upsetting everybody in this episode, but that's something I find is very essential. You know, Jesus said, Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So I don't think believing alone is all God wants you to do. Um, in John 3, verse 5 through 7, he's speaking to Nicodemus and he's like, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he won't enter into the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus is like, hey, so I'm supposed to go back in my mother's womb and be born again? Like, what are you talking about? You know, he's like, no, you're supposed to be a teacher of the law. You're supposed to be born again of water and spirit. He's, he's, he's trying to teach him a, a spiritual principle, but... He's looking at it like, how do you not even know this? Because you would think this is elementary is what God is kind of showing them. Um, Acts 2.38. In today's generation, a lot of people only look at baptism like a symbol, like a wedding ring. And uh, you, you don't need a ring to be married. And um, it's just an outward show of an inward profession, confession. I don't know how they word it. But I'm like, well, I view it as more than that. I'm sorry. You know, maybe that upsets people. And maybe people think, ah, oh, Tavares is, oh, no, they're raging in the comment section and upset. But no, when I read Acts 2.38, it says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Meaning, baptism is more than just um, getting wet, bro. It's like God is saying, that's a way that I remove your sins. Um, Romans 6 said you're buried with Christ, Romans 6 verse 3. So bear in mind, I'm saying a lot of verses quick. If you want to rewind, I understand that because I didn't put that here. But Romans 6, 3 through 4 mentions um, being buried with Christ in baptism. So a lot of us, we're talking about we're buried with Christ because we did a sinner's prayer. Well, Romans didn't say that. Romans said you were buried with Christ in baptism. So I always let that baptism is important. And the last verse I'll say is, First Peter three twenty one. I had to put in the NLT so it could make it um, simple for some for some people who probably never um, studied that verse. But it says, "And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you, not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience." Is it? It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm saying baptism is effective. It's not just something we do out of boredom. Baptism, which now saves you, is what the verse says. So God looks at it as important. And a lot of Christians today don't. I don't get why. I'm not trying to do a Bible study in the comments with people. I tell you guys all the time, we do our Bible studies with our Patreon community because it leaves a small, intimate setting. We have a few people on Patreon, but our Bible study is always a smaller group. And hey, people that want to dive into the scripture, um, we do it every Thursday, every other Thursday. When I start back, school is going to, schedule is going to flip-flop. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. But I want you guys to see that I always viewed it as important, right? But there's some people who don't view it as necessary. And I put that in my deal-breaker category. And I, I don't care who whoever looks at me and laughs at me because of things like that, you know. But just because I wanted to agree with my spouse on baptism doesn't mean I had to agree with her on everything else. Now, I've gotten into a relationship or or we're speaking to people, you know, thinking, well, maybe this could be a future and they didn't agree with me on it. And I ain't bash them. God bless them. They still could go ahead and be on their way to heaven. But me personally, that doesn't mean that God wants me dating them. And that's the thing. A lot of you, you have to understand that God just doesn't want you dating certain people. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing too deep about it. You know what I mean? Be willing to understand, well, this isn't for me. Don't make an excuse. Don't stop believing what you believe, but maybe understand this isn't what I believe, you know, because me and Safa don't agree on everything, but I want to agree on things that deal with salvation. You know, I want to agree on things that deal with um, what are my children going to um, abide by, you know, in many different denominations. I want you to understand that they have different things that, you know, are not deal breakers because some denominations, they argue over pants versus skirt and they, they use the verse with in Deuteronomy, but 
that verse says man shouldn't wear women clothes, women shouldn't wear man clothes, but skirts, but but there were no pants then. So we have to understand that we're not necessarily speaking based off solid fact, ah, you're burning in hell if you don't do it this way, because it's an interpretation. And we understand that pants initially were with the men, so we understand like the woman kind of rebelled and so I get I get I get a lot of the history of it, but don't make it seem like a woman is going to hell because of pants. Maybe I just, you know, upset some more people. It is what it is. But some people, their deal breakers are shorts versus pants. What's considered too tight or too much cleavage. Whenever I talk about modesty, there are people that get mad. And I'm just like, I don't care what your perspective of it is. If your breasts are out, you're showing too much. If all of your pictures, you're hinting at accentuating your body, doing too much. Fellas, you're always trying to show your muscles. You're doing too much. You're always trying to hint at something sexual, doing too much. You know what I mean? So teach your own. I believe that holiness is universal. I don't think it's subjective in certain areas. A third thing you need to understand about unequally yoked relationships, not unequally yoked, but different denominations, um, is one of you are going to compromise. It's impossible for two people to be connected for a long time in a spiritual way, in an emotional way, without rubbing off on each other. You are going to adopt their practices or they're going to adopt yours. Even Paul says, if you got saved, but your spouse is still an unbeliever in 1 Corinthians 7, 16, he's like, you didn't have to rush to divorce them now because your ways is going to make that person holy. It's going to encourage that person to get saved. So the same way we can positively impact a person that we ended up getting married to and then we got saved first is the fact that they can negatively impact us though. So I don't want to suggest look at this, you know, Christian trying to use what I'm saying as a way to flirt to convert. We try to date people into the kingdom. We try to love them into the presence of God. And it's like, hey, bro, that's not how that works. You cannot sleep with them until they decide to be holy. You cannot date somebody you know is not saved and you love God. Bear in mind, it works out for a lot of people. I'm not saying that it can't work out in the future. I'm just telling you it ain't God's will. God tells us don't be unequally yoked. You know, they need a personal revelation. I believe that this person needs to know God on their own um, instead of them changing their mind just because they want to date you. You know, because I, in my opinion, it doesn't work, man. Like it helps in the long run. Some people get saved, but there's so many people that will never take their walk with God seriously if the person they're dating doesn't. And you can't tell me to take your walk with God seriously if you're willing to date someone who doesn't know him, willing to date somebody who doesn't love him. 1 Corinthians 11, 4 through 6. 1 Kings 11, 4 through 6. In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God as his father David had been. Solomon worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. So Solomon changed who he worshipped because of the women he married. So you're saying, well... He's Pentecostal, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm Baptist, but he's Pentecostal. You know, we, we kind of agree on everything. One of you are going to compromise, right? I've had women in the past tell me they'll change their view on receiving the Holy Spirit or change their view on baptism, um, you know, to be with me. And I'm like, I don't want you doing this for me. That's backfired before, whereas I thought a girl was actually caring about God because she got baptized. No, it did not. She left church as soon as we stopped talking. Like, how does that even work? You know, so people will be, they won't be opposed to trying out your church. I know one lady, she messaged me saying, hey, I, I was dating this pastor's kid and the parents thought I wasn't saved and all that. I started attending his type of church. I, I even got baptized. I received the Holy Spirit. I, I started doing all these things. But but then when we broke up, like they bashed me or whatever. And it was like, you did all of these things to impress this guy. 
None of it was because how you felt was necessary to serve God. And that's what a lot of people are doing. So my thing is, if you're the person who compromised, what if that person was wrong? What if somebody compromised for me and my doctrine was the one that's wrong? And now we're both in false doctrine because you wanted to be with me. What if it's not me that changed my perspective? But what if it's you, that you lost your way and you were correct all because you want to be with me? Listen, many Christians have turned away from God because of the type of the relationship that they were in. Compromise is necessary in a relationship, but it's never necessary in regards to biblical principles. I want you guys to read First Psalm 106, 34 through 36. It says, Israel failed to destroy the nations in the land as the Lord had commanded them. Instead, they mingled among the pagans and adopted their evil customs. They worshiped their idols, which led to their downfall. So Israel was supposed to destroy certain nations to protect their intimacy with God. A lot of Christians think, once saved, always saved. I don't have to live right. I can do whatever I want. But Israel's disobedience led to their downfall. Their willingness to start imitating the wrong people led to their downfall. Because whoever you have around you is going to influence how you live. Some of our relationships, they have to be destroyed. They have to be ended. They have to be blocked. They have to be unfollowed. Some of our relationships, it has to happen because if you delay it, your biblical convictions are going to change. And if you think the things you, the things you thought were, were true, solid, must be mandatory, they're going to eventually become optional for you if you're with someone who doesn't see it as necessary. So you have to be careful of the type of relationships that you're in. And the most important thing at the end of the day for me is, Every marriage requires unity. You know, I, I think just like we all want unity and physical intimacy in the bedroom, I think God wants us to have spiritual unity as well. God wants us on one page. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's not enough to simply attend church together, but we, we need to aim to be like-minded on the important things. We can't have two different Jesuses in our home. You know, we shouldn't have our own, a, a biblical definition of who God is. And then our own personal interpretation of who he is. Because you have some people that serve the Jesus of the Bible. And you have some people that are serving the Disney Channel Jesus that never calls out sin. That approves of everybody. That he's LGBT affirming. And um, he doesn't he doesn't rebuke sickness. You know, but we have to die in our sickness. And he, he, doesn't, he doesn't confront our issues. He tells us it's okay to smoke and drink when we're a little stressed. He doesn't tell us to repent and throw our, care, our cares at his feet. He doesn't tell us, you know, he'll give you a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. We're not serving that God, the one that's in the Bible. We're serving the one we've invented that America approves of. I shared a Leonard Ravenhill quote um, on my page a few weeks ago. I said, Leonard Ravenhill, he said something like, if preachers today, if Jesus taught the message that preachers today preach, he would have never been crucified. Because preachers today are loved by people who hate God. Isn't that something? Think about it. We have popular preachers. Their church is filled with people that have never changed. Filled with people that haven't been born again. But everyone loves them. They're followed by celebrities. They're loved by so many, but they're not preaching scripture. What they'll do is they'll find a verse and then they'll preach 21st century to it. They'll push themselves. They'll uplift themselves on the platform. And I don't have to say who these people are because you know what I'm talking about. So we see we have celebrity pastors, celebrity cultures and all these things, whereas all these people are not serving God. So. I want my marriage to have unity and we want we have to be united on biblical things, not united on what pastor is awesome, but united on what God's word says. The Bible says this explains 
while man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united in one. Genesis 2 and 24. What will your home believe? Because I don't want us following trendy trendy views or following the trendy church or following these things, but what will your home believe? What will the children believe? Are, are children going to argue saying, Mama said get baptized, Daddy said don't. Mama said I got to be Lutheran, Daddy said I got to be Baptist. Mama said I need to be non-denominational, Daddy said no, nah, this is a Catholic home. What are the children going to believe? Maybe you guys aren't thinking long, long term enough. That's the issue. We think about how they may make us feel, but not what our, what our children will believe. And that can get alarming. Let me know your thoughts in the comment section, right? So if you listen to the end, hopefully I didn't annoy you too much. But if you want to support the channel, you see the ways to give on the screen, either patreon.com slash gallydating101, shop.gallydating101.com, either our cash app, gallydating101, or PayPal, gallydating. Um, any way you want to support the channel, feel free. But for those who are listening to the end, I want to, I want to know, what are your thoughts? Would you date somebody in a different denomination? Is that something you're opposed to? Is that something you've tried and it failed? I know it's failed for me. So what are your thoughts? Is that something you're against? Um, do you think God even cares? Because bear in mind, God is not the one creating these denominations. It's man. But I think it all depends on what these denominations are believing. So what are your thoughts? Uh, what are some di- or what are some deal breakers that will cause you to say, I'm not doing this? So yeah, let me know in the comment section. Um, love y'all. If you're on Apple iTunes, five-star review, please and thank you. Peace.